Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly video game podcast releasing every Thursday. I am your host, Alex Stadnick, and as always, I'm honored to be joined by the illustrious Alex Van Aken. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are you, Alex? I'm so good. good. To be, it's good to be here on the show this week. Yeah. Welcome to NPR actually has bought us, so we legally had to start talking like this. Welcome to twitch.tv slash Alex After Dark, a new ASMR series brought to you by the minds of Game Informer. Should I be making some tingle sounds? <laughs> <laughs> Button presses? Uh, that stuff. made me relaxed. Ooh, a little yeah. uncomfortable, but definitely relaxed. I'm trying yeah. to get you into your feelings, you know what I'm saying? Like, I did start tearing up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, that's good. Thank that's relaxed. Thank you. Yeah. Screw the ASMR stuff. Join <laughs> us each week aside, alongside a rotating crew of GI editors and special guests from around the industry as we bring you the latest news reviews and big man swag your eyes and ears can handle this week we have a uh, i feel like the last five years of our life or it feels like it um have been just game after game after game after game after game not all changes this week we mm-hmm. do have a game to talk about but this one this show is going to be a little bit more news focused because the news gods wes leblanc opened his clouds up and said let there be let there be yeah. news because you can hear the tickers like yeah yeah the the kind of funny time for some news thing yeah um so we're gonna be talking about breath of wild jingle yeah they invented the news yeah um but we're also gonna be talking about the ps plus changes jill uh spoilers jill is on the show she went to gdc and she's gonna talk about it, and Alex does have a game he is playing. But first, let's introduce the uh, the crew here. Kind of spoiled it, but Jill Grote, the legend, is here. Hello, Jill. Everyone, I am here, as we introduced me twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jill got the pleasure of being our uh, reporter on the ground at GDC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can confirm she's not the super spreader of the, of the COVID I'm not. I, yeah. I have not spread any COVID that yes. I know of. <laughs> yes. So, um, how you feeling after after your trip? Are you tired? Are you you ready to go now? Yeah, it's a weird thing being energized and exhausted at the same time, but that's sort of how like these shows go. Um, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm so excited. I'm refreshed, and I got plenty of sleep over the weekend. Hell yeah, we love to hear it. And then joining her. Marcus Stewart, you know him, you love him. I still don't have a nickname for you, and I don't know why. One of these days, I'll come up. With I've never been a nickname guy. Believe no? it or not, I never grew up with nicknames. Oh, and, can we know, call I him never... the Royal the Stewart? That'd be cool. The Royal the... Stewart, the new, the nameless. I like that. Yeah, the okay. nameless one. Now they're yeah. all pouring in as soon as I say I've never had one. Right. Yeah. Everyone's coming out the woodwork, you know. Yeah. And you can't give yourself a nickname because that's yeah. no. That's not okay. Yeah. Then you're the nerdy one or the lame one. Um chat not chat um listeners write into either podcast at gameinformer.com or the discord or tweet at marcus what his new nickname will be so. oh no oh yeah <laughs> all right this will be fun yeah. we'll do a sweepstakes of some sort oh, i'll yeah. send you a uh, a furry controller it'll be my hair <laughs> for legal purposes this is a joke this is a yeah. joke because you don't want to go to jail over a fake sweepstakes i've seen it happen oh that's okay. a good, that's a crime okay yeah, yeah we, man, I guess false serious. advertising is bad. Probably yeah, shouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, new nickname, Florida Man. <laughs> oh, that's oh, so yeah, good. Florida, Florida Man. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Marcus is like, why did I do that? Are you okay with that, Marcus? <laughs> I mean, I am a man that resides in Florida, so it's factually correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is an objective nickname if I've ever heard it. So, um, but without further ado, we got a big old news section this week. And Alex, I think you're here to kick it off, correct? Yes, I am. Uh, the first story we're going to be covering this week, uh, written by the Newstown himself, Wes, uh, comes from Nintendo. We're reading this from GameInformer.com, of course. Uh, GameInformer.com slash news. If you want to stay up to date on all the latest gaming news, the headline reads... The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel delayed to spring 2023. Huh. Nintendo has delayed the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild to spring 2023. This news comes by way of a video shared by Nintendo on Twitter. The Legend of, Z- the Legend of Zelda series producer AGA Onuma reveals that the s- development team needs more time to make it as special as Nintendo wants it to be. Uh, here's what Aonuma says in the video. Thank you, Wes, for this breakdown. Uh, Aonuma says, quote, Hello, I'm A.G. Aonuma, producer on the Legend of Zelda series. I have an update to share on the launch timing of the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, I I thought they dropped the name, the new name for a second. I was confused. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just can't read. I apologize. Uh, we previously announced that we were aiming for a 2022 release date for this game. However, we have decided to extend our development time a bit and change the re- release to spring 2023. For those of you who have been looking forward to this release this year, we apologize. As previously announced, the adventure in the sequel will take place not just on ground as in the previous game, but also in the skies above. However, the expanded world goes beyond that and there will be even a wider variety of features you can enjoy, including new encounters and new gameplay elements. In order to make this game's experience something special, the entire development team is continuing to work diligently on this game, so please wait a while longer. That's all for today's announcement. Thank you. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much the news right there. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2 uh, delayed until spring 2023. How are we feeling about this? Marcus, you good? Oh, why why do you ask me, Alex? <laughs> what, what, why? What, what's I that about? I seem to recall, I have a bad memory, as we all know, but I seem to recall a certain hyper-talented editor, gorgeous man, right? Mm-hmm. Getting on a certain podcast and Telling me I was crazy to think that uh, Breath of the Wild said 2 that. was that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, Marcus believed that uh, this game would, or maybe wanted to believe, I won't put words into his mouth, uh, that this game no, was. No, I, I bought it. Right? Did you? Okay. Because what was it, last year that they pushed it to fall of this year? Yeah. Like, that was a huge delay already. Right. So it was like, oh, that's this must be the one, right? And keep in mind, this was also when we the rumors were going around about the switch successor or something. And, you know, that has happened, not really a successor, but the OLED version came out. Yeah. So it, when that was announced, you're like, Oh, maybe this will be the year. Cause breath of the wild two will look real nice on that thing. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, me being a positive person has uh, bit me in the butt once again. I don't know why people say that you should be positive. It seems pessimism and cynicism is where it's at. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, wow. That's the we message we want to Never look for hope in anything. You. You'll never be disappointed. Don't exactly. Don't believe anything. Don't. Ooh. I, yeah. So, I, y'all need to see Spider-Man No Way Home because Zendaya disproves that point. Just saying. So. Yeah. Or mm, some won't get into oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe ignorance is bliss. Was that the message of the end of <laughs> Spider-Man? 
that's what that's what came up on the screen the text yeah. cut the black <laughs> yeah who um, they like credit that quote to you think michael scott <laughs> <laughs> why not yeah yeah what a i guess it's not surprising it's a bummer but like we've been waiting for this game for how long now like when was it first announced 20 19 yeah something like that yeah like that first that very first trailer with them in the cave uh zelda Mm -hmm. and link or yes before the pandemic i remember that so it may as well have been 100 years ago then (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah yeah so yeah i guess i don't know what much to say than other than darn it alex you (laughs) prophet of doom i will say though the spring timing is interesting and i i can't take credit for this but uh uh one Dell Harmon, former GI intern, friend of the show, yeah, out. pointed yeah. out on Twitter that the last few mainline Zelda games have all been cross-generation. Because Twilight Princess was Wii yeah. and GameCube. Yeah. A Breath of the Wild 1 was Wii U and Switch. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we'll get Switch 2 by then. It feels like that would be a thing that would have been announced by now. Or at least mm-hmm. around, or maybe, you know what? Or maybe E3. Maybe summer, yeah. Yeah. If that was right. going to be anything, I know chip shortage and all that stuff is still very much happening. Right. So I, I'm not mm. saying I totally subscribe to that theory. I mean, but they it, did it, say that we're still sort of mid-life for the Switch recently, didn't they? So maybe it, it could be all misdirect. Who knows? Right. Yeah. yeah. And it depends what, because Nintendo's so weird. They could still say that and drop a new Switch and say like, no, 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 this is still in the Switch family. We're not saying right. you know, this isn't like our next, next thing. This is just But it a does better run it better. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. how many iterations of the 3DS did we get? And that was all still the 3DS family, right? Right, yeah. And it including had exclusives a, on the new Nintendo 3DS. You weirdly couldn't all two play of them or whatever Mario was. World on the old 3DSs. I was like, what are you, why? This is a game from the SNES, anyway. Yeah, so I, I, it's just something to maybe keep in mind, if nothing else. Mm. Yeah. So, I think... I think that would be cool, and the timing works right because Switch One and Breath of the Wild came out five years ago in March this year, right? Yeah, March yeah, 2017. Was, yeah, March fifth or something. March sixth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd be curious to to see about that. Um, I know I was giving Marcus a hard time, but yeah, I I I had said on this show that I don't think it's coming out this year, and you know, here it is. I do think. Anyone who's surprised about this hasn't paid attention to uh, the legacy of of Zelda and and delays. Yeah, it's called the Legend of or Zelda. Or just actually. like this year oh, in yeah. gaming in general. <laughs> right. Um, Steven T- uh, Totilo, is that how you pronounce that? Former Kotaku uh, uh, writer. Yeah. yeah. Um, Steven Totilo. Totilo. Thank you. Yeah, I'm bad with names. Um, just posted like a list of like the big main entry uh, Zelda titles and like. Almost all of them had been delayed at some point or another. And Breath of the Wild sequel announced for 2022, delayed to 2023. Breath of the Wild 1 announced for 2015, delayed to 2017. Skyward Sword announced for 2010, delayed to 2011. Uh, Twilight Princess 05 to 06. Um, Wind Waker and Majora's Masks uh, were had no delays. And then Ocarina of Time announced 98 delayed to late 98 so you're saying it's the legend of delays what (laughs) for for real (laughs) so it's like there's a history here who on that team has adhd huh (laughs) who's got time management problems over there am i leading this team 
<laughs> yeah, dude, it'll be out in a month. Yeah, dude, we totally got it. Don't worry. That video, that video minutes. will be out. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest uh, hints that it may not have been coming this year is like we still don't know what this game's name is. <laughs> yeah. Like, typically, if a game's coming out in this year, you know what it's going to be called. So Typically. the fact that we're calling it the sequel to the Breath of the Wild is a big red flag. I hope they just stick with that because they're just that's just <laughs> yeah. what people know it as. It'll make it'll give it like a weird sort of like prince in the nineties title, the mm-hmm. the sequel to the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Or maybe they just ditch the title and just put a Triforce in the box. It's just a symbol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. I retail workers' head would blow up, but you know. Yeah. Um I, you know, I selfishly, we, we'll talk about what this means for the rest of the year and game of the year later, but uh, it does. I am cl- happy that I don't have to pit Breath of the Wild, my favorite game of all time. Elden Ring, definitely going on that list somewhere. Very happy I don't have to, um, you know, what's, what's the phrase? Uh, kill my darlings. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and pick between them for game of the year. Like it's a, already uh, going to be tough Sophie's enough. Choice thing? Sophie's, yeah. It's already going to be tough dark. enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Joe, what do you think about this? Yeah, I'm not... For, for basically anything coming out this year or any time hereabouts, I'm not going to be terribly surprised if it gets delayed. Obviously, like the pandemic has thrown a lot of things... Uh, off kilter and yeah i'm not surprised but um marcus said it earlier not surprised but definitely sad because mm-hmm. i did want to play that this year but you know hopefully it comes out better for it in the end and it's a great game so yeah i did see we did get in the in the d- delay announcement we did get like two frames of new footage um which wouldn't be that interesting, but I, they actually showed some interesting stuff. So one of them was the um, the Master, Master Sword, Sword, right? Yeah. And it had been degraded. It had been, like, broken down. It was like um, it, like acid had eaten away yeah. at the blade. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like somebody yeah. chewed on it. Yeah, yeah. It, looked, it looked gross. Um, my dog ate my Master Sword. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the opening line for Link, his first spoken sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Can we also Darn just it. say how freaking cool Link looks? Like yeah. all tattooed up and yeah. oh yeah, he's, he's a baddie. Like a, I'm just saying. You think well, it's gonna be like a shirtless scene with him, or he's just got like a full like yakuza back thing, oh, <laughs> or he's in a bathtub <laughs> with his like the camera between his legs? Yeah, oh yeah, they should do like that. that idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, but another thing about Link's appearance, though, in one of the new clips was you can see very clearly his his arm, his left arm or right arm or whichever is the same arm as or it looks very similar to that first trailer where then in the cave and it's that kind of shot i think it's the framing of it's like zelda and link walking in and there's like a a dead arm it has very similar like uh rings and like styling to it and stuff so um i can't remember who put out the theory that it was going to be like link as ganondorf or something like that but there's some interesting corruption stuff i think we're we're seeing from at least these couple images that makes me even more excited for for something like this right how long do you think it'll take if it hasn't happened already for someone out there to get that full arm tattoo like the link corruption just get that on half of your body you think someone's already looking into it right now yeah Yeah. i'm looking at yeah he's working on this leave Man, what if I got what if I got the corrupted link blade? That'd be sick. Yeah. On the other That'd on the sick. other arm or something like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we're presumably a year out, right? There's no Zelda stuff on the horizon that we know of yet. You give any hope to seeing maybe some of those Wii U ports make their way to Switch now because we know we have a year maybe plus? No, I think... I don't think they have time. Unless it was already planned, of course, but Mm -hmm. I don't think this changes their their release pipeline besides just, hey, this one's... Like, I don't think they're going to be adding, oh, well, we have to fill space. I think it's just, hey, you got to look forward to it, you know? I think if it were any other company... I might think that being like, oh, they'll want to like give some, you know, fans something to kind of be excited about. But like this is Nintendo and they make weird decisions. And so (laughs) I'm not I'm not putting any sort of faith in that. And I'm not having I'm not having my heart broken again. Right. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I kind of piggyback on Joe a little bit. But in the sense that Nintendo out of the three main console manufacturers like Sony and Microsoft, I think they're the best at completely surprising people. and like they've done it so many times where they're like hey here's this big new thing we're doing that you had no idea about also it comes out later this year like they did it with metroid dread right and the same as returns before they did it with that paper mario game like it would not it would be cool but it honestly would not surprise me if around summertime they're like yeah wind waker hd it's on switch look for it this fall surprise today or something like that yeah Yeah, like they've done that so many times because we got skyward sword uh hd last year in july um with i mean but that was announced with like the that was announced around this time last year i feel like because it was the zelda anniversary that i think they did not do a great job celebrating mm-hmm. but their other big titles this year switch sports in april mario strikers battle league shout out to va um in june i believe either june or july splatoon 3 um yeah they have pokemon a big scarlet and violet and then bayo 3 um, and then where's the other one? Uh, Mario uh, Rabbit, Mario Rabbit, Sparks of Hope. Potentially, we haven't heard about that in a long time. And then Z- was it Xenoblade Three? Yeah, they have a stack year. Yeah, uh, which they had coming into. So it's not, you know, the biggest loss in terms of like, oh, there's nothing to play on Switch now. Right. Uh, so I don't think the delay hurts them that badly. It's just wild thinking now that you said that. I would have never called in a million years the possibility that Bayonetta 3 comes out before Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we can't we can't bet on that quite yet because we only still only have 2022 for Bayo 3. So Yeah, it's true. But just on mm. paper, it's like because we saw so much more of like, or at least compared to the nothing we saw of Bayonetta. <laughs> right. <laughs> for the longest time. So it's like, man, am I gonna be done with Bayonetta 3 before I even play Breath of the Wild 2? Who would have yeah. thought? For sure. Hmm. Um True or false statement I'm about to make. Uh, we will learn the title of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 at the equivalent E3 showcase this year. The big summer one. I don't they know anymore. False. False? Said, we've false. said that every summer. False? Since they announced I don't this. think they're going to. I think I think they're going to like have some sort of weird, like very quick uh, event or a, a blog post and then weirdly say nothing else. Yeah, it's going to be what they did for this. It's going to be a sudden tweet with Inuma standing there and being like, oh, by the way, we decided on the name of this. Here's the logo. All right, see Easy ya. dubs. Yeah. Okay, Alex, what do you think? Uh, I'm just to go against the grain here. I'm going to say true. I think it's a big stage. We're going to we're gonna hear something. We're at I'm least going to get a name. 
I'm with you. I think that's how, I think that's one of the last, I think that's the thing. And the stay last tuned for thing. further updates later in the year. Right. I think that's the last thing before the one last thing this year at the E3 showcase, right? Is yeah. they do a deep, they finally show like true gameplay, right? They set the stage and they're like, oh, by the way, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild links like mutation coming oct or um april 2020 right yeah that would be a wild name <laughs> yeah right that would be amazing yeah because i think i i also wonder to never mind we won't get into e3 predictions right but um i don't know though if they're gonna do that their lat one last thing do they do it in what like january or something of mean? next year for like, like their the one last date? push yeah you mean like when they announce the title I don't know. I'm getting too deep in the weeds. Let's let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So sad, but also not surprised. It sounds like for for Breath of the Wild delay, and honestly, yeah. with how this year has started, I'm not necessarily sad. I'm I'm okay. Like you know, waiting Me a little too. longer for for that game. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm burning out on open world games again because Elden Ring is at the point of it. I'm at that point of the game in Elden Ring where it's starting to kick my butt on like a nightly basis. So I'm ready to play something a little bit more linear. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex, we got some PS Plus news. Do you want to break it down? We do. Uh, this also comes from, uh, well, <laughs> Wes didn't make this decision, right? But he wrote the story about it. Uh, <laughs> um, let me put on my notes. So for months, sweet friends, we had heard the games journos out there tweeting. They're, they're talking. The Jason Triers are saying this and that and the other thing. Turns out the Spartacus program that was rumored to be the Game Pass competitor for PlayStation is real. We are getting it in June, uh, but I don't know if Microsoft has to quite quake in their boots yet, um, but we shall see. So this comes from Tuesday, um, and Wes has the story here. Uh, sorry, I'm just pulling it up. Um, PlayStation has finally pulled back the curtains on its heavily rumored relaunch of PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, and as expected, it combines PlayStation Plus and Now benefits. Spread across three tiers, PlayStation Plus Essential, which is the cheapest, PlayStation Plus Extra, and PlayStation Plus Premium, which is the most expensive. Um, one of these is basically what PlayStation Plus has been for years. At the same time, the other two add in Now's backward compatibility features. All three tiers launched this June, though PlayStation did not reveal an official release date. That also feels like a good E3 showcase um, thing. So... Um, Wes has done me the kindness of not scrambling for this. Uh, there are, um, he has laid out the different tiers here. It'll be a little dry here, I promise, but I'll, maybe I'll do some different inflection and spice this up. But yeah. so <laughs> make your voice higher for every tier. Do the cowboy okay. voice. Do the, the, the cowboy voice, you say. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this in a cowboy voice. You ready? I think that's what <laughs> oh, cowboys do. <laughs> maybe I'll do the first one. It's the cheapest. So PlayStation Plus Essentials. That's right. The benefits for this here tier is. Provides the same benefits that PlayStation Plus members are getting today. So it's You're actually doing pretty good with that. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Uh, two monthly downloadable games. And I love my downloadable games. Let me tell you what. Exclusive discounts. Cloud storage for saved games. And online multiplayer access. Can't beat it. Yeah. Gosh darn. Giddy up. Wait, but brother, don't <laughs> we get three monthly downloadable games on PS Plus right now? Oh, that's true. I don't know if there's are an they, error. Are they getting stingy with it? They, take they it took my game. <laughs> they best not be. <laughs> let me tell you what. Uh, the prices for the PlayStation Plus Essential, the PSP as I like to call it, <laughs> uh, remains the same as the current price. Uh, at the U.S., it is $9.99. 
uh, $24.99 quarterly or $59.99 yearly. Y'all European folks, you got it that 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 euro price, the eight ninety nine. We don't got to go through every <laughs> every price, brother. You want to hear about the the yen cost of it? No, okay. Or the euro, or the <laughs> dollar. Honestly, it's yeah. comparable. Let's say <laughs> yeah. they uh, broke it down for four different regions. You know, <laughs> go to the news story in the show notes if you want to. Hey, GI Show is is nation is worldwide, baby. <laughs> We're a globalist population here. Um, PlayStation Plus Extra, here is where the benefits get a little interesting. Um, also, if you're offended by my accents, apologize. I'll, yeah. I'll draft my Apparently, this is the angriest. I'm from the South. Uh, you're good. <laughs> We're good? True. Okay. Apparently, yeah. this is the angriest here, by the way. <laughs> this, people are maddest about this? Yeah. Oh, it's PlayStation Plus Extra. Ah, I see. Oh, no, gotcha. I yeah. yeah um, it's a joke. Yeah. yeah. It was <laughs> oh! good. It was good. <laughs> Uh, let's see. PlayStation Plus Extra provides all the benefits of the Essentials tier, adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and 5 games. How do we know they're the most enjoyable? Did they have like an intern? Also, there's an asterisk on <laughs> Remember when yeah. you had to send in pictures of your ear? What? <laughs> no, <laughs> what was the Mark, Mark Surrey thing? That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. It was a deep cut. That. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so this includes blockbuster hits from PlayStation uh, Studios, Catalog, uh, thir and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. So this is kind of a better version of PS Now, right? Because it's downloadable. But yeah, yeah, not Which, all the to games. To be fair, are PS Now has offered downloadable games for a few years now. Have they? I yeah. really okay like they, they started about it yeah yeah they started doing it at least like two or three years ago so that's not like a thing okay so that sounds pretty similar um and then the price the u.s price for that 15 dollars a month monthly 40 quarterly 100 yearly so you know that price starts to go up a little bit 1300 so, yen 3600 yen quarterly 8600 yen <laughs> yearly this is why I love this man. He gives you the important information. I'm yeah. all bluster. He's he's facts. Yeah, you know? It's a lot more yen than I have. Yeah, correct. Same, uh, man. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I have a lot of yen, actually. Oh, do you? Now you yeah. can spend it on PS Plus. There you go. Like I'm a... already. <laughs> She's waiting for this moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally, we come to the Premier Club. This is where it's like, you know. Give us the... your swanky. Yeah, this tier is behind a velvet rope. Oh, you want like, you want like upper Swanky. Okay. Mm. Yes, the premium tier. The plebeians are not allowed in this tier. <laughs> the benefits provide all benefits from the essential and extra <laughs> tiers. We already had those. We didn't need them. Uh, adds up to 340 additional games that you can't afford otherwise, uh, including <laughs> PlayStation 3 games available only via the cloud, <laughs> where our utopian city resides as well, so it makes sense. Uh, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP generations. Plebeians can't play PSP games. <laughs> Offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP. Now nah, you gotta commit, man. Okay, I was starting when to they, lose it. The number one rule in acting class: commit. Yeah. Commit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I commit. Apologize. I also spit on my kill screen. Kill the curtain. <laughs> kill the curtain. Sets. You're I am talking, sire. Matt, I don't know. <laughs> uh, customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and 
PC, <gasps> personal computing, uh, time. This is the best because we, I don't know, we <laughs> time limited game trials will also be offered in this tier so customers can try and select games before they buy. That's the beauty of being rich. They give us things for free. Well, uh, brother, you're paying for them. It's not free. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the first tier is just PS Plus as it is now. Yeah. The extra tier gives you 400 extra games, but they're only PS4 and PS5, some of which you can just download or stream or let's yeah. like download. Yep. And mm-hmm. then the big tier, the last tier, throws in another 340 games from PS3, which you can only stream. And then you get PS1, PS2, and PSP games that can be either streamed or downloaded. Or downloaded, yep. As well as game trials. And that's it. Yep. That sounds about right. And that is for 18 a month, uh, 50 a quarter, or 120 a year. Um, Another note here before we break this down a little bit more is um, there is another option because um, apparently PS Now isn't offered in every area yet right so yeah, it's like, i don't think it's in australia i think i've heard that like it's oh, never come i think it's never come there is that a is that like a um licensing thing i have no idea and correct no, me if i'm wrong afraid of snakes. yeah i just i just remember seeing some angry tweets from australian players being like we didn't even get regular now yeah <laughs> yeah interesting but yeah so this is for markets oh so for markets without cloud streaming playstation plus deluxe will be offered at a lower price compared to premium and includes a catalog of beloved classic games from original playstation ps2 psp generations to download and play uh, along with time limited game trial benefits from essential and extra tiers are also included. Local pricing will vary by market. So we don't know exactly what that looks like, right? Because I think we're all in markets where this is accessible to us. So yeah. um, I will turn this over to you because I know the listeners are tired of hearing from me right now. Um, <laughs> what is this? Because like a lot of people were billing this as the Game Pass Challenger, right? I don't get the Game vibe. Game Pass that Killer, mm-hmm. take yeah. that yeah. Xbox. Yeah, eat it, <laughs> Phil Spencer. Ugh. Um, I don't get the vibe that this is this, but I'm curious what, what y'all think about this. Jill, if you want to start. Yeah, I, I never got the sense that this was going to be a a game pass competitor. Uh, I think it gets put in that, you know, sort of perspective because game pass is such a thing that we talk about and it's been such a powerhouse, uh, since it came out or, uh, basically this year, since it's been sort of like built up and, and doing a lot of amazing things. Um, but it never seemed to me like PlayStation was at all interested in competing with that in any way, shape, or form. Um, I I can't remember exactly who said it, but someone said that it was basically not a sustainable uh, strategy to have, so they weren't anywhere near interested in it. I think this is a good business decision for them to combine two things so you don't have people being like, what's what's PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now and which one should I get? And so I think it was just sort of a like easy business decision that they're trying to trump up as being something fun and interesting and things people should get excited about. And it's not particularly exciting. Um, It's just like, okay, that's something you guys should have had for a while now. Right. Yeah, I think if if Jim Ryan could avoid this as much as as much as he could, he would. But I, it does feel like 
okay, fine, we'll give them something, right? We'll go 70% to game, game pass is 100, right? Um, Marcus, how about you? What do you think? Um, my initial knee-jerk reaction was like, I don't feel any real desire to upgrade from normal PS Plus right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the extra tier, you know, that's 100 bucks a year. I usually play annually from PS Plus. I was like, okay, that's not like that's not terrible mm -hmm. uh but and i like that the games in there you can just straight up download doesn't like any of them are streaming but it's only ps4 and ps5 which it's like okay cool i have a lot of games on ps4 a lot of them accumulated just through years and years of ps plus you know right. giveaways mm -hmm. so it's like i don't even again this is a me thing and being an enthusiast like i've happened to have already played a lot of these games or own them and haven't gotten to them so it's like even looking at the uh the ps plus the selects thing whatever it is on ps5 the like 20 free games that they just give you mm -hmm. like literally all of those i'm like i already played all of these except for days gone <laughs> so <laughs> i was like it's cool that it's there but for me it's like oh, I, I can't take advantage of this it's already done uh right. so the one that i would be most interested in is the the big one the premium one just because it gives you ps3 you know ps1 through ps3 and psp but i do not want to stream my games at all uh like i don't use stadia for that and stadia in my opinion did it much better than ps now did in the times that i have streamed games on ps now you know it varies on your internet my internet has always been pretty good uh so i like i just like that's just unappealing it's like i why can't I'm sure it's a tech issue, right? Like, because, you know, the PS3 was such a weird system architecture-wise right. with that cell mm -hmm. processor. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't want to pretend to be like, it should be easy to just make this work. It's just unfortunate that for whatever reason, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, because that generation, it feels like it's going to be the one that's the most inaccessible unless you just own a PS3 mm -hmm. if you want to play those games properly. Because like PlayStation and PlayStation 2 have been brought across multiple PlayStation consoles. So it's cool to see those again, and it's nice that some of those can be downloaded, which was the case on PS Now, like I mentioned before, you could already do that. Mm -hmm. uh, it, weirdly enough, PSP might be the biggest straw, because like, <laughs> right? that's another library that hasn't been tapped as much either, and you know, the PSP library is solid. I, I had a PSP, so my PSP collection is pretty, I've got, probably got most of the games worth owning on that thing still. So it's like, that's kind of cool, but I just don't feel the, uh, cause the other thing I don't think we mentioned, it's a big caveat with this service is, uh, Jim Ryan already got out and said, no, we are not releasing mm -hmm. first party games day one. If you're yep. a subscriber, not doing the game pass thing, which yep. would have put me and probably a lot of people over the edge. Right. Cause Sony's first party is excellent. So the idea of, Oh, God of War Ragnarok day one, right. that's not happening. With that this, been at wild. Least, yeah, at right. least for now, not that I can't change down the line if they feel it but for the foreseeable future that will not be the case so as it is it's i i'm trying to figure out especially because the the really old stuff is locked at the highest tier mm -hmm. i'm trying to figure out who this is for exactly because it's like if you really want to play those old games a lot of people have been saying they want to do got to give them money to do it which i guess is smart on their part they put the mm -hmm. biggest carrot at the highest mountain but, but yeah i i don't think it's enough what is it 120 a year 7 18 yeah. bucks monthly it's double of what playstation plus is now which that's double the highest to, 
Yeah. Yeah. To stream PS3 games and then having a selection of games that you don't know, you're kind of rolling the dice. Like, I don't know if I can download stream Devil May Cry 3. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know, I, I hope I can play it or just yeah. download it. So, mm. yeah, I'm a little lukewarm on it overall. I don't think it's like awful or anything, but it's mm-hmm. not like game changer, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I still um, think. Again, because you can't not directly compare this to Game Pass. I still think Game Pass is the better deal overall. Yeah, I do. I do think I appreciate Sony's resolve of like, because it feels like, how do I want to say this? Uh, Game Pass is pushing us into a model, right, where it is Netflix streaming, where I feel like Sony is a little bit more, whether they're talking about it or not, a little bit more focused on ownership, right? Owning mm-hmm. your games, like whether it's digitally or physically and stuff. And as a an old fogey in that way, I'd like that, you know, um, but definitely in a business sense, especially with Xbox talking about how successful Game Pass has been for them. I don't know how that stacks. And also, I'm looking at like the PSP titles, right? If you're wanting me to double my 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 financial contributions, right? Like I had a PSP, you know, uh, God of War Change Olympus, dope game, right? Uh, Crisis Core, cool game, right? Um, but like, is that going to be is that worth one hundred twenty dollars? A year you know i don't i don't know yet yeah. i don't know especially assuming how they port those remember the psp only had one analog stick yep and that's you know, the like, thing i how do they play on a regular controller yeah you know? i am morbidly curious to find that out i would imagine those games don't hold up as well as in our mind's eye right now yeah and um, then some of those games have already like something like luminous which has already been remastered and you can play just a better version of some of those games right already. or like Birth by Sleep for Kingdom Hearts, right? You yeah. can play that right now in a, in a nice way. Like, I'm looking at this list here, too. Like, Gran Turismo, Grand Theft Auto, Liberty City Stories. Uh, Loco Roco, I think, is is playable elsewhere, right? Loco Roco 2, maybe not. Yeah. And you mentioned the Netflix thing. I don't think they've said whether or not games will rotate in and out of this, right? Right. It does Game Pass. So they haven't, but I also thought I saw today that, like, Persona 5 was shifting out of the selects. Group. yeah it is so but that's I, like a technically a separate thing right like those games are like they're because it's only available to ps5 mm. players that like selects thing okay so i don't so really maybe. know if that counts here but okay right. yeah i, I think, think that's worth no go Joe. Oh, sorry i think really <laughs> this does just boil down to sort of the conversations we had when the consoles came out uh originally last year uh t- two years ago uh, who knows what time it Time doesn't, doesn't make exist. any sense anymore. No. Um, and where Sony and PlayStation are are sticking very traditional, very you know business as normal for them, and uh, Microsoft and Xbox maybe feeling like they were behind a little bit uh, mm-hmm. for the last generation are are changing things up and making it a like we don't even care if you, you buy the Xbox, just buy the subscription thing. We're gonna we're gonna be everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so they're trying all kinds of new wild things, and that is more exciting to talk about. Um, I'm interested. I would be really interested to see how the strategy is working for both companies, um, because while we are all very much uh, excited about Game Pass and talking about Game Pass, and things come to Game Pass and you're excited about it, it gives you reason to talk talk more about it. Um, we don't necessarily know it's doing well right right like we don't Mm -hmm. know what those numbers are we don't know uh if sony and playstation are like um 
validated in sticking to this very traditional, like, we want you to pay for things and we're not, you know, we're not yeah. doing first party, first day release things. Mm, so yeah. we'd have to see kind of how that all shakes out. Yeah. Um, but this is not a very exciting thing, unlike, you know, oh my gosh, Halo is coming to Game Pass and you can pick it up. And like, that's a very exciting thing to say. And I think that uh, PlayStation's kind of aware of that because this was not, I don't think this was meant to be like a huge announcement. This wasn't like, this is our E3. This is mm -hmm. what we're revealing, you know. Um, yeah. Definitely. What, what do you guys think of... um? the go off what you just said jill i think what we do know about maybe why they're not offering games day one because you know jim ryan did that uh put out that explanation saying they want to stick to uh and i have no idea what this means i would love to know if you guys do a virtuous <laughs> like release cycle for his uh for the first party games or like that's how he like described them virtuous I don't think That's virtue exists in capitalism. Yeah, he said that yeah. if we if we were to offer them day one, they would break the company's virtuous release cycle, which I still have no idea what that means. I mean, <laughs> but, I do think for as great of a of a of, of as great of a deal Game Pass is, right? It inherently devalues games in a way that we haven't really seen. In that, people are not going to want to pay sixty bucks anymore. Like most people are just want to going to pay the subscription fee to have access to Halo Infinite multiplayer or go back yeah, and play the because it just makes games, right? more financial sense, especially if you're yeah. not already a so like I'm subscribed for one month, play the game, then I'm Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Right. It does also I mean I think the word virtuous is is ridiculous. But mm -hmm. um there is something about I think Alex you were saying earlier, like ha owning your own content and knowing that that exists and that you won't have that taken away whereas like if i have a game on game pass i might not have that in five years or right. one year or whatever mm -hmm. um so i do own the stuff that i buy from uh right playstation this way mm -hmm. um so yeah. i mean not necessarily if you're just playing it on like streaming and whatever but right but yeah, no, so there's, I think I see where they're coming from, right? But I don't know if the language is quite there. So Alex, yeah. you've been, you've been kind of quiet on this. Do you have any, any thoughts? Um, overall, like, I don't know. I've been kind of like uninterested in a lot of the PlayStation plus offerings. I feel like at this point, I just keep a subscription for the occasional free game. That's worth it. Um, and then like playing multiplayer games. But honestly, like I've considered canceling uh, a good amount of times. Like I'm not sure if it's the same one. I need to look into whether or not I can play. Uh, Xbox does a thing now where like free to play games are truly free to play. You don't need Xbox Live. And I think PlayStation does, like, at least with Fortnite, yeah. I think it does that as well. I could be wrong. Uh, if, I, if I didn't need, I mean, we cover a wide variety of games at work. Mm -hmm. So you never know when you're going to need to play multiplayer with somebody. Right. I feel like if I didn't have to do that, I probably would like cease my subscription for now. I'm sure I'd pick it. There'd be something down the line, like a free game or something that I wanted um, that'd be worth it. But I, this didn't really move the needle for me. Um, and no disrespect. Like I, I think you like for all the people who want to pay for both, you know, uh, Xbox game pass and this great. 
for me personally and also keep in mind like uh through work like we are getting game codes and stuff that somebody else might not otherwise have access to so that definitely like shades my uh, experience like with whether i want to pay for something because we pay for that stuff out of our own pockets you know um just to clarify um and for me personally i think like i would probably pick one um one service like that and be like cool i'm good like if you know occasionally there might be something that crops up here that i want maybe i'll you know pitch in for a month to experience that or maybe i'll just like buy that thing outright um that's kind of where i'm at with like playstation plus and stuff i still pay for both just to clarify like i've still got that that monthly you know debit going to them in xbox um but i have certainly considered canceling if my job didn't rely on it and, um and that's kind of where i'm at and the allure of the the new access to those older games that doesn't do anything for, you for the, like the higher tiers it does um i just know myself and if i was a different kind of player it would be very alluring mm -hmm. but i hardly ever go back um right on that it's it's unfortunate like but there are there if they could get there are certain games like herx adventures which are wildly expensive like physical copies are ridiculously expensive and previously you had to have a ps3 a certain ps3 to like one of the um a specific version of the ps3 to play that i believe mm -hmm. um yeah and like copies of the game go for 130 dollars. i think i've seen it for like i think at one point i saw it for like 180 like this is there's a few years ago i was trying to find a copy and it was never even heard of this game it was now. wildly expensive it's an old co-op game that is a satirical take on um like ancient greece and you are playing as hercules um mm. and like a few of his companions and it's like a it's a comedic game um it was an old lucas arts game oh, cool. um i believe and have good memories associated with it uh, it's a fun game and I've been looking for a copy, but yeah, it's wildly expensive. So if a, if a service like this, like offered that, then I would, you know, that's one of those games I'm like, okay, it's cheaper. If I want to play that, it's cheaper to buy this uh, for a year than it is to get one copy of that game. But, um, yeah, I, I, depending on the offerings, because they don't have the list out right now. Um, there's hardly, and a lot of like the 400, like, additional titles for the middle tier and the, the 300 for the top tier. They both had asterisks next to it. Um, right. And I didn't read like what that meant, but you know, anytime there's asterisks, there's another, there's more details and it's not just like, not everything is what it seems, you know, right. they regard, did say so. it was their most enjoyable Alex. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So you don't have to worry yeah. about that part. Mm -hmm. um, like so many of my favorite games have been re-released or are on PC or, it just honestly comes down to that library. But as of right now, I'll probably pass, but I totally understand why somebody, I'm definitely not hating on it. I understand why people would want it, but it's just not for me. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't hope we're not coming off as like overly negative. I feel like people are like, oh, Xbox fanboy. It's like, no, definitely not. <laughs> I, mean, I own all no. the consoles. I have no right. It's either one. Yeah. Um, and that's the benefit I, to our job too, is like, I think most of us here own most of the consoles so that yeah. the the choice for us is a little different because it is a choice between, you know, the subscription service for one versus subscription service for the other. But if you are someone who just has one console and this is finally like bringing together both sides of those coins so you don't have to figure out all of the different, like what's PS Plus doing, what's PS Now doing, 
uh this yeah. could be a really cool thing so now if they started offering like hey this game like kind of what game pass does hey this game's coming out in day one it's available on mm -hmm. on you know ps plus then that would change things but right. right now that's this seems more like a vault yeah. than than yeah. not am i am i, I correct really, in that in that interpretation i think so and which is good it, it is there's a place for that i'm gonna say this is objectively good with an asterisk right to let people play old games right curation in this industry is is a nightmare compared to like movies and and books and stuff like that so the more access people have to games like this the better right we can for debate sure. the cost and that kind of stuff and if you're like me right i only owned a p psp when i was growing up i didn't own any of the playstation consoles my first console was a ps4 if you're like me and you've got a ps5 because that's like the hotness out right um this could be a cool history lesson for you to, to experience some of those games but um I, I feel like in the era where everyone has a list of streaming services as long as their arm it's hard to convince me to spend 120 dollars on that but yeah we'll see the I'm, way i look I'm, at it is if i could only have i think you mentioned it Alex, uh, before, like, if I could only have one or the other, then it would be pass. Yeah. And that kind of sums it up for me right. for now. We'll see how, yeah. it, but I'm yeah. really curious to see what it looks like when it launches. Right. Yeah. Sony has and other I'm, opportunities too. So, sorry, go ahead. The, uh, I'm curious too about the future of the, um, that benefit that's sort of like demo, early demos or something like that for that yeah. the highest tier. Like that could end up being like, okay, it's a demo, whatever. But that could end up being really cool, especially maybe in the indie space where you get to play things right. ahead of time maybe mm -hmm. and see what's going on and, and get to be excited about that. So that could be its own little like virtual E3 situation where you're getting hands-on on cool new exclusive things. Yeah, um, and if it's like EA Play where you could like play 10 hours of a game, of like a big game, like... Right or like some percentage of that game that could be cool and it's like oh well i really want to play this game everybody's talking about i don't have money this paycheck but hey i could play the first five ten hours on this demo and then maybe they'll i don't know if they're going to do that right. um right it almost feels that put it ea because ea was very much multiplayer titles for the yeah. most part it's really easy to like sink in 10 hours and then they got you on the hook whereas that might not that's not necessarily the same for like a story game where like could they beat the game if they rushed it in 10 hours? You know, I'm just throwing out numbers like ignore me. But yeah, I was going to say like what it it almost makes it maybe a little weird that the trials are behind the most expensive tier. It almost, right. If they're going to continue charging 70 bucks for the first party stuff, would it behoove them to have people be able to play them or as many people be able to play them to get them in the door to justify? Because a lot of people are still not over that price hike and probably won't be for a while. Right. But just like, hey, yeah, the. Uh, god of war 70 bucks we know but like free trial like for the basic playstation plus which everyone has now at the moment or most people most of their uh user base has and you know you play the first level or an hour or whatever it is and like yeah here's 70 bucks that was fun mm -hmm. it, it seems weird that that's such like, like demos have always been such an important and useful tool to get people to buy your stuff that it now that I'm thinking about it, it's a little weird that it's behind $120. Right. Well, <laughs> now I'm wondering too, not to play a not devil's advocate or cynic, right? But it's like, you know, we got a Resident Evil Village demo, right? That was just PlayStation, right? That was free to, I think free to anyone, maybe to PS Plus subscribers. I can't remember which. Yeah. Um, we got a bunch of Stranger of Paradise demos, right? 
do those now not exist right. for PS Plus people? I, like, I guess that's like a third party thing, right? If they want to do that or not, because those, right. those weren't first party right. games. Yeah, because on the one hand, it's like that makes that more desirable at that tier, but also on the other hand, it's like, mm, no, I got to play these experiences like for much cheaper last year. Like, why are you pr- rising, raising the right. the the bar to entry here on that now? So I'm curious to see what they end up doing with with that. Though I think. Yeah, I, it's it's not fair to speculate because we don't know a ton right now. Yeah. So, do you do you think it's possible on a similar front that third parties do what some of them do for Xbox of launching games day one through this service? Because that's another draw for Xbox is that all, a lot of times it's not even just their first party stuff. It'll be like indies or other third party games are like, yeah, it's launching day one on Game Pass. Like it feels like almost every game has that now. And even though uh, Sony has already said we're not doing that with our first party stuff, I don't know if they're you, could there be a system where someone or maybe a developer that's like, well, we're already doing that on Game Pass. Do we do the same uh, through this or? I don't think they're going to just because I think they're going for a totally different strategy business wise. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of uh, business puts them very much in comparison to Game Pass. Um, and I don't think they want to be in comparison to Game Pass. So. Mm-mm. Okay, you think this yeah. is, I guess, like what Alex said, it's just more of a vault, not necessarily here's the new hotness. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's our stuff or a smaller third-party studio. Yeah. It also feels like almost, I think hypocritical is too negative of a connotation, but like, it's like the 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 man- the bad manager at your retail store that you work with. It's like, he's like, yeah, no, you can go release that, right? You can go put that out there, but I'm not going to do that. You can go do it. <laughs> you know, I feel yeah. like. The messaging from day one with Game Pass is like Microsoft games day one, like here they are. And that's why I think they've attracted that third party support in that way. But who knows, man, money is money. And if they see a, a uh, an avenue to make more of it with this service, who knows? So this is early, right? Game Pass has evolved. This will evolve. Um, yeah. We'll find out more in June, I believe. Yep. June. Yeah. When so, it I don't know exciting. if they put like a day on it, but I don't know if they just said June. Yeah. I I feel like this is good to get this out now and rolling because then when it comes time for the the summer hotness, right? Then you can focus on you could you've answered the questions of whether or not God of War is going to be on this, right? You can you know you can focus on Ragnarok, you can focus on you know whatever other games are coming, which actually we don't know a ton about yet. I'm mm-hmm. now this episode is kind of getting me hyphy to think about like E3 and stuff because now we're kind of through we're through the the review season, right? We're done with that now. Um, but now it's like, oh, the next big stuff I feel like is the summer. Like, yeah. uh, do we even call it events. E3 anymore? No, like, E3 is like it just summer games call fest it E3 season forever. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is Keely just like mad? He's like, no, it's summer games fest season. I don't now. think he's earned it yet. You've only do it, <laughs> done it like two or three times. We got to get you. Got to do it for like fifteen years for that to be your thing. But yeah, or he'll but, somehow just take the moniker over. Yeah, right. I am the E3. I am Jeff Key three. Yeah, Jeff Key three. That works. So uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with topic of the show. Welcome back to the GI show. If you've been with us these great six, seven months we've been hosting, you know, I I misspeak sometimes. I say words I don't mean to. And this case is because today we're changing things up. We're not doing topic of the show yet. We're doing the playlist. That's right. The special section where we talk about what we've been playing. And we all we we huddled as a group. We decided doesn't matter that I'm struggling in Elden Ring or someone or Marcus is playing Tunic, right? The only thing we care about is Alex Van Aken. What have you been playing, sir? Well, I've been playing the rootinest, tootinest, immersive sim of the West, filled with fictional monsters, 
and men within monsters and monsters within men. Uh, I've been playing Weird West. Uh, it lives up to its namesake. This is a, uh, first of all, from the creators of Prey uh, and Dishonored. Um, it is, this is uh, folks from Arcane. They are now making Weird West indie game being published by Devolver. Uh, the studio is Wolfeye, again, made from members of Arcane. Um, yeah, and it lives up to its namesake. This is a fictitious depiction of the West, uh, like dark fantasy meets old Western. Um, it's an isometric immersive sim with uh, a lot of RPG elements. Uh, I mean, immersive sims and RPGs share a lot in common. Um, but like locations and people in this world will remember your actions and will be changed by your actions. It is a world of systems from, you know, rules like, oh, water catches or fire catches things on water. Water can put out the fire. Things that are covered in water uh, can be electrified. Uh, things that are covered in oil are flammable. Very much those kind of systems, but also, you know, uh, your actions play into, let's say you help a guy out and rescue him. Well, maybe he'll be a friend for life and later on in a really tough encounter where you're about to die, he'll show up and save you because, you know, you're a friend for life because you saved his tail earlier. Or the opposite, maybe you really made somebody angry, betrayed them, did something bad, they might have, and they get away and you don't kill them before they get away, well, they're going to be a vendetta and maybe they'll show up, in my case, at a very important story moment um, to enact revenge on an already tough situation. Oh, um, you know, if you go in and you decide you're going to play it like Skyrim and you want to kill all the guards and all the people in town, you can do that. You can kill NPCs. You can kill main characters. Um, you can kill entire towns, but... If you kill the entire town, well, it's going to turn into a ghost town with all the dead bodies and monstrous creatures will be attracted to the, the smell of the dead and oh. they might take up residence and the town will become a literal ghost town that is full of monsters and cryptids. Um, it is a game That's that cool. is wild. It's weird. Um, you are playing uh, five characters and each character has a journey that they are on. They all share and inhabit the same world, though, and they can interact with each other. Um, and they will oftentimes interact with the same characters, but in kind of, um, you know, it's all in the same timeline, but like, oh, well, I'm going to play, you know, the bounty hunter before I play the pig man. Um, but after the maybe the pig man sees things differently in the world um, because of what the bounty hunter did, right? And so you were kind of taking over these characters and there is a, I, this is definitely a game full of narrative spoilers and uh, on top of like the emergent things that happen, there are very cool scripted narrative moments and it's full of twists. And I would say the game starts off very kind of safe. Mm -hmm. The first chapter, if you're like, oh, this is not that interesting. Just wait till the ch second chapter, baby. About four hours in, holy cow, this game hits another level um, in terms of like storytelling and oh, it's riveting, dude. The, the, <laughs> the West gets weird in chapter two. That's where things are like, what the hell am I playing? <laughs> yeah. um, it's very cool. But yeah, so it's a I feel like I've kind of gone all, all over the place. It's hard to talk about these games because they are so big in terms of 
things to do and actions right. you can partake in and consequences. Uh, and Weird West certainly um, is a great immersive sim. Um, lots of cool story moments. I guess I'll talk about the characters that you play as because that's like a, a lot of what your time is going to be spent doing is playing as the characters. So the first one you play as the bounty hunter. I won't spoil all of them. Um, I'll talk about two, the bounty hunter and the pig man. They are kind of like stark and stark contrast with one another. Um, so the bounty hunter, they have like your traditional abilities, um, like, uh, you know, dead eye, you can kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of their, I have screenshots somewhere. Uh, they have certain abilities like the, the bounty hunter can charm people. The bounty hunter can, has improved bullet time because there's bullet time in this game. Um, stuff like that. Whereas the pig man, well, the pig man, uh, can, you know, uh, charge people. Um, and, or he's immune to he's immune to poison, so he can like poison people. Like each of these characters have really interesting abilities. One character later on has the ability to summon spirit bears and like tornado cyclones. Um, lots of weird stuff. And so you are going around the environment, following the story, and you unlock these these powers through um, uh, tokens that you collect in the environment, and you can spend these points to customize your character. Um, and there are two kind of skill paths. There's like the character specific um, talent tree and then the more like player focused talent tree and the player focused talent tree, whatever you invest in that carries over across each character. So you're kind of um, getting better as you go because enemies and, and the world gets cha more challenging with each journey. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a way to like, okay, well, I know that if I'm investing talents into this, into health, every character I play is going to have, you know, in their journey, more health. Um, Are we going to so, yeah. go any into uh, Pigman? Are we all just going to let that slide? Like... <laughs> Pigman is really cool. Uh, I don't know what I want to give away. It's okay. If you name? can't say, just, but is, is, is he a Pigman? Is he as literal? He's a li like He is a literal Pigman. Um, okay. And like Pigman. I don't want to get into the story too much, but Pigman is a man that's that's uh, a pig. I do. You're gonna say it. Very descriptive. Okay. Okay. I'll and let it people slide. don't people don't like Pigman. What? A lot of towns you know? that you could go to as other characters will be hostile to Pigman. Trying to eat him? Well, is he well, delicious? Well, he's he's monstrous. Like they don't want mm. their kids. Okay. Look, one time you go to his Pigman early on, the sheriffs are like about to kill you on site and you're like no wait i can talk oink oink i'm a Frankenstein's monster situation <laughs> where frankenstein's the monster not the monster is the monster no or is pig he... man is the pig man <laughs> okay so this the is the man like, is the pig a... the pig is the man they are one okay. they this are. isn't a cute this isn't like a cute porky pig this is like a grotesque yeah, scary it's grotesque pig. it's an abomination yeah <laughs> uh, I, I will say he was not always a pig man i will say <laughs> oh, that okay okay um, um i i don't mean to cut you off but i have not engaged with the game what is the moment to moment gameplay actually like you said immersive sim but like what is it is a top down isometric action game okay. you're shooting guns think like almost like, it's not a twin stick shooter but like twin stick shooter style aiming where you have that like radial uh crosshair that like you can right. aim and shoot at people um so yeah mechanics let me think there's guns there's melee 
Um, and you can, there's all sorts of guns and you are equipping these onto your characters. And like, these are, it's an RPG. So like you can find better weapons as you go, mm -hmm. uh, you can upgrade things. Um, and so like there's shotguns, there are pistols, there are rifles that you can unlock silencers for, um, or silenced abilities for there's bow and arrows, there's meat cleavers. There's, there's a lot of weapons in this game and right. yeah, you are killing stuff. Um, and there are ways your to big man life. Yeah. You can talk your way out of scenarios, but most of the time violence is the answer. Um, and so <laughs> it's very much like it's very systems driven. So like hiding behind cover will block bullets. So like if you're trying to shoot somebody, you might need to get a better vantage point because your bullet will get blocked by whatever crate they're hiding behind. Um, you know, you are, you can, it is a sandbox, so you can, and uh, sandbox immersive sim. So if you want to approach it guns blazing, you can just go into whatever outpost you're trying to, to clear out for your objective. And, um, you know, you can just do the thing and, and shoot people and, you know, refill your health. And God, there's so many systems in this game. There's also a party, a companion system. You can recruit party members back at town or at certain key moments in the story. And you can even, if you go out of your way, you can go back and if you're playing in a later journey, because this game is linear in terms of which characters you're playing as. Mm -hmm. So you'll play as Bounty Hunter, you'll complete that. You'll play as the next character, you'll complete that, so on and so forth. There's five. But if you're playing as the fourth character, you can go back and recruit any of the other previous characters you played as, and they will retain all of the abilities that you unlocked on them. Oh, cool. And okay. all of the equipment. So let's say oh man, I picked up this key I need. Uh, I picked that up on the bounty hunter uh, or they have this really great weapon I picked up earlier. Let me go recruit them to my party. I need to go back to their, their where they live and go and find them. And they've all experienced their whole journey. Like you will go back and like, it's not like they're just like a random NPC. Like they have, they played their entire story and some of them probably want more answers. Uh, and so they're willing to, to, to group up with you. Uh, to experience more of the story themselves, it's it's very cool. Um, Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. Like you get to be the guy that's like, we need you back, bounty hunter. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. One less, one, one less job. Yeah, and all of these characters are trying to figure out. Um, I'll just say there are weird mysteries at play, and weird. the characters themselves are aware of the mysteries. Like, why? Why am I? Why was I possessed by this? Like you as the player are like possessing these creatures during your time with them. Oh. You are not playing as them. You are playing as somebody else that is briefly taking host in their bodies. And they have fuzzy memories. They remember like they, it's a weird game. It's really cool. Um, awesome. It's, I mean, it's a systems driven game. If you play Breath of the Wild, you know how like you can like, if you hold your bow and you knock an arrow in your bow and you walk up to a flame, suddenly yeah. the arrow's on fire. Mm -hmm. It's like that. If you shoot, you see a box of bullets next to a group of bad guys. Well, instead of aiming for one of the bad guys, why don't you aim for the box of bullets and it will combust and send ricocheting bullets all over the place and damage the people next to it. Cool. Um, at one point in time, I was like uh, inspecting this. I was like going to this mine because my the story took me there. And there was a ton of ton of bad guys that I was like struggling to fight because I was like didn't have the best gear. I was struggling learning the game, and I managed to climb into a minecart 
and crouched down so that they couldn't see me. And I rode this minecart through the entire mine to the end to where my objective was. Got out and like quickly executed a guy stealthily, hid the body because it's also like you can play the game stealth if you want. So you, you'll have to hide bodies. You can silently take people out um, rather than going in guns blaze, blazing. Um, there's so much to experience in this game. It is really cool. The more I'm talking about it, the more I realize how how like high I am on this. Um, yeah. But yeah, the world of Weird West, it's just like, it's really compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's this fictitious Western frontier. There are werewolves. There's witchcraft. There are trees that trap the souls of men. Um, there are interesting choices and like maybe not everybody you're playing as are good people and they have to reconcile with their past actions. Um, and that plays into the story and like, Oh, it's a cool game. And like your, your your choices have consequences that might not show up for hours later, but when they do, you're like, sorry, Alex, write this down. You're like, like what? Why did I choose that choice earlier? Because it's biting me in the butt right now. Um, and it's a challenging game. I'm actually, I'm playing on the lowest difficulty. Um, even though I love these kind of games, it is difficult. And like, I'm also trying to review the game. I'm like, I can't keep dying. I have to get through this game. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so if you're looking for a challenge and you want something that is, um, really going to reward you for experimenting and poking at its many systems, uh, this game rules. Uh, there's also like, if you want to slow things down, it's a pretty fast paced game. Uh, definitely challenge, but there's a tactical mode you can hit and you, it kind of slows things down. So you can kind of like aim your shots a little better. Um, and yeah, all in all, really positive on this game. Um, I'm trying to think if I missed anything. Uh, yeah. Certain characters can f- eat the corpses. Um, like Pigman can eat corpses to heal himself after he kills people, whereas you know the human characters can't. Maybe they'll have to kill a person, wait for the vultures. Another system, the vultures will appear and start feasting on the remains of the corpses. Then they can shoot the the vultures and get the meat and go to a cooking station and cook the food to heal themselves. Like there's so much stuff in this game. There's also a reputation system um, where like (laughs) my head is spinning. Good Lord. It's a cool game, man. Uh, It's a really cool game. There's, there's lots of interesting little side stories too. There's one character in the game that you can help them. They're cursed with, they wanted to be the best poet in the world and they were cursed with, they can only speak in rhymes. uh, And maybe you can go and help them and, uh, you know, follow the side quest to relieve them of that. Um, there's, there's certain quests where you're chasing after lost treasure and the literal spirit of greed is possessing people and turning them into zombies that only want to chase after gold. Um, it is a very cool depiction wow. of the West. Alex, how big is this game? Like how much time have you put into it? Does it sound um, you can beat the main game in about 15 hours, but they say when they send the code over there, like, 25 hours is like the if you want to see a lot of this world that's yeah, so it's like how much time is like a playthrough of a character uh yeah 15 uh, of a character uh the first one by far is the longest at about four or five hours and then they all start to be like two to three after that okay. if you're just like mainlining the story okay um and then yeah. they make it clear like it reminds me a little bit of like like a near situation of like no you got to replay all these you got to play these other characters to get the full story you're not done after you finish like the um, like they're quite literally like 
the stories are like take place in different regions of the overworld. And so you okay. um, like uh, the bounty hunter kind of starts in like the, the starting area, but it, it all shares one map. Like these aren't, you aren't going back to the same locations most of the time for the main story. There will be other side objectives, or if you want to go and check things out from a previous playthrough, you can go back and experience those from a new perspective. Um, but like you are very much, I don't know if I'm answering your question and like you are seeing new stuff in each playthrough, like in new completely different areas and is, stuff. Is, is Octopath maybe a, a better comp, right? Because you are, because the characters are different, right? You can wrap up some stories, but you're in different spaces. Like, does that, does yeah, that work? Yeah, I think oh. so. Like okay. each character has like a very clearly defined goal. And after about two or three hours, you complete that goal. Their little story is like their little vignette, right? Mm. And this larger uh, like tapestry of stories is concluded for now. And so let's go and pull on this other thread here. Right. Um, that's kind of like what the vignettes are doing as part of this. I really don't want to spoil things as part of this larger, more macabre meta narrative that is happening elsewhere in the world that you're participating in. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's so exciting. Weird West, like it a lot. Yeah, you are writing the review as we're I recording am. this. Not I not am. ready to give a score quite yet. Um, uh, in the eights, but high okay. eights uh, okay. is where I'm at. Eight but, feeling yeah. great. So look out for yeah. his review on the site today. Should be up today, right? As a, oh yeah yeah yep yep today. as of the as of the posting yeah yep. so definitely go check that out. Uh, Alex, unfortunately, if uh, the sheriff's at my door. Uh, is it the flat? Is it the man-eating one? Of course. I mean, I, that's the only one I know. Really. I mean, there are different kinds of sheriffs in the world of the weird west, brother. <laughs> well, you got to specify: Am I going to be alive or dead after they knock on my door? The problem is, he's mistaken me for you, and we have to oh. this out. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Game Informer Show. The sheriff was not kind to Mr. Van Aken, so we're working out, you know, the what's going on in the background. So, but he's off doing his own thing. Uh, but Jill, I'm dying to know. You yep. went to the first person game developers conference in two years? I think. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Think how long it's been? Um, yeah. It's been a while. I th has there been any other in-person event? I feel like dice was sort of in person, but that's not usually like a huge right thing. Um, so game, yeah, game awards last year was uh, was in person, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, vaguely, sort of. Yeah, it wasn't a huge crowd, but yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, so yes, had you, had you been? I to had GDC before okay. GDC is actually um, a big show for me. Um, I for. People who may not know, before I, I started working for Game Informer, I was a freelancer um, and I worked out of the Bay Area um, and the Game Developers Conference, uh, GDC, is always set in San Francisco. So it was a very big event for me because I could just hop on over there, cover yeah. it and get a lot of assignments, get make a lot of contacts. Uh, contacts. It was huge for me to be able to like network and to be able to just get jobs. Um, so that's sort of where I was in March of 2020, because the, the show is always in, in March, spring time. 
Um, and I was really excited because I was getting all of these assignments and I was getting like connected to new outlets and I was going to, you know, be covering for a lot of people. And then it's so it's like slowly started just trickling away and it just went through my fingers and it started this whole, you know, pandemic thing. Um, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where suddenly, you know, I had been in like as a freelancer, I was in the position where I was I was going to get paid that month pretty well. And I was I was feeling pretty good. And then suddenly the entire future of uh, covering any in-person thing was completely off the table. Um, so it was a really kind of scary, heartbreaking time. Uh, for me. So being able to go back to GDC in person this year, crossing the threshold of that door was like such a mix of emotions. You know, it was fantastic because not only am I going back and things like you have the giant line and you're like, I'm not even mad because I'm just so happy to see people again. Um, what? And not only am I am I walking through and this is happening again, but I'm a, I'm now a game informer, uh, yeah. which is just a really weird thing to, so, like, as you're sitting here doing your own thing, working on your assignments, you don't really think about it, but, you know, there is a very different vibe to conferences when you are in a staff writer employed by an outlet uh, that people know. Uh, and so my GDC was mix of just absolute whirlwind of of doing so much and trying to get so much done because I was the only game informer there because mm -hmm. I just happened you know to be able to head over pretty easy yeah. um you live in the conference center right that's where you're yeah you're yeah, yeah. <laughs> saves on rent you know yeah, banging on the walls like keep it down sleeping <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but there is an element too of uh obviously COVID is not over um there is an element of like, you know, they had a testing booth right there in the lobby in case you needed to, you know, get tested. Mm -hmm. um, they had checks. You had to wear a bracelet all week to show your negative status. Um, Man. And, you know, we're people walked dying. out of there. <laughs> it's like we're full dying light. <laughs> like those bracelets they have in the game. For real. Yeah. Like show us your yeah. status. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everybody wearing masks, everybody trying to be as uh, thoughtful as possible, but still people catching it after the show. And um, so it's such a mix of like, I'm so elated to be here and, and in the fortunate position that I am currently in mm -hmm. and getting a lot of opportunities that like maybe as a freelancer, I wouldn't have gotten. Um, having a wide mix of uh, things happening to me because I... I was able to go to the uh, awards ceremony, which is both indie and um, the Game Choice Award. Um, and I got to sit in like the journalist section and pretend that I was important and like <laughs> hey. uh, have a great time and make a lot of cool new friends and and feel kind of swanky. And then like running to another appointment, like after I'd had a day of appointments. And walking into what was essentially a dentist's office as I was walking past people getting their like teeth cleaned and then going up to reception where like a poodle, giant poodle greeted me as the mm -hmm. receptionist. I'm like, hello, poodle. Do you know where to go? 
Um, and I was pointed in the direction of a door, which, you know, walked through and then that was totally normal. That was a demo Did situation. Did the point at you? Did yeah. Like the the lasty like, thing? Like the... <laughs> it just somehow knew what I needed to do. So, so like, it was a weird mix of things. Um, you know, and of course, because it's sort of the first uh, thing back, it's sort of a testing ground for how safe these things are. And I'm not sure how things will go forward because mm. there was a lot of, you know, people who tested positive after this. So I don't know if people are going to feel safe sending their staff to things. If, you know, already the game developers conference was while everybody felt enthusiastic and enjoyed seeing everybody um there was a noted lack of people yeah i was gonna ask um, how it compared to the other years we went yeah um i believe if i remember the the numbers correctly because they did release them recently um 2019 saw about 29,000 people attend and this year was about 12,000 in person and 5,000 wow. virtual because uh, they did have an option stark. for that. Yeah, because I even heard about like, right. like keynotes where all the presenters were virtual. <laughs> so weird. I walked into my first um, GDC talk because anyone who doesn't know, GDC is sort of centered around um, game developers talking to game developers and sharing their wisdom and their knowledge. And it's a really cool, unique thing, unlike an E3 that's sort of more uh, industry focused or, yeah. 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 Um, so some of the big things are going to these talks and the first one that I sat in, I was really excited because it was, you know, first CDC talk in years. This is exciting. And then it turned on and it was a person on a webcam and there was no indication that that was going to be the case. Yeah. I had no idea. That's what I was walking into. So I sort of sat there. I'm like, I got up this morning, you know, put on actual pants, got all the way to, you know, the Moscone Center where this is always held, got to this place on time so I could get a seat. Um, and then to sit here and have someone on a webcam, I'm like, why am I not at home, like right. behind, you know, um, and it, it loses a lot for that as well, because I definitely tried to stick to things that were live person. Um, but talking through a webcam, you don't have the same energy. You can't tell when the audience is reacting to things. So jokes that are made maybe don't get the laugh that they would if you were in person. Or if they do get a laugh, you don't know they're laughing. So you just keep going. And it, you know, it's, there's no ad libbing, there's no on the fly, like mm -hmm. sort of interaction type things. I went to a really fun talk. Um, with the some of the creators of Blazeball, mm. because I'm a huge fan of that game. And um, they gave us a couple of like papers that we could like use to vote and change the course of the talk and what was going to oh, be that's, covered. That's awesome. it, was, yeah. it was really fun. Yeah. Um, but that's the sort of thing you get when you're in person and not, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was not only was the attendance feeling kind of low um but the ex exhibitors mm -hmm. were not you know who you normally expect so you um you know you had the big the big companies are still not there you don't have your sony's you don't have your microsoft's in any sort of large 
presence. You know, maybe they had like a single person show up or something. Even some of the smaller indie things that I look forward to were not present uh, as well. So, yeah. I, the oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the world is expensive now, and especially if people are still worried about COVID, which they should be. Like, you know, that makes it hard. I thought I I did see that Microsoft had sort of some sort of. Maybe it was like maybe just online, but I thought I saw Spencer and like Sarah Bond talking at some point. Was that not at GDC? I don't. If they were talking, I don't recall it. Okay. But they certainly didn't have a presence like anything they would normally have, and certainly not on the show floor. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and just a lot of the the problem with that was like it's it's a big space, the show floor. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of see where the booths stopped and then they just didn't have it, you know, and that's not really normal. I've never really noticed how big the Moscone Center is, but seeing like two people walk across the, the lobby, you're like, oh, this is kind of a large space. Um, yeah, so I think also it was a stark contrast for the people who did show up largely um, were people with like, nfts or blockchain or like web3 or things you know of this metaverse people you know things of that nature yeah. Yeah. They were wearing and like they red were... and white striped suits with like little hats and had little, <laughs> little carts set up outside like, hey come here sir i got my nfts for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah it was Do you like bizarre. your tokens fungible <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it was really noticeable and there were a ton of talks with those uh you know, terms in them, and I tried to avoid them. A lot of people that I talked to who, like, again, really great to see people, you know, a lot of the times, if you've started kind of journalism in the past couple of years, most of the people you know or connected to in the industry, you've never actually met before. Right. Um, and in the case, in my case, like for Game Informer, there are a lot of Game Informers I've never actually physically met. Yeah. Um, so it was really fun being able to actually meet these people instead of like being on the Twitterverse with them right. or, you know, messaging with them. Jill, um, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you rank all the Game Informer people, former or current, that you met um, on there? On the... That I physically met? Yeah. Can you rank them on who was that, the best? Okay. <laughs> Number one person yeah. I have physically met on this podcast is Marcus Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, there we yeah. go. That's the list. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw. So hopefully, I, yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, hopefully, I get to meet everybody. But I did get to meet old, old friends, uh, mm-hmm. friends of the show, uh, Min Max crew of Ben Hansen and Leo Bader were both there. Yeah. Um, and we got to have some fun times, and that was very nice. I did um, hear there's a bit of controversy going around at GDT. Yeah. Um, there's a certain former GI video editor who took it upon himself to lick a burrito, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, you. That's so gross. <laughs> yeah, Leo Vader decided to lick a burrito, and that's on camera, and you can check that out, I think, at MinMax Travelog, and you can see my shocked and horrified reaction to him doing that. Um, yeah, and Amron Khan was there, and that was fun. I kind of just ran into him. Uh, while I was walking, you know, past a giant line in GDC that I didn't want to wait in. Um, so it was just sort of like 
Oh my gosh, you're here! Hi! This is weird! Because <laughs> was Emron here when you were interning? Well, did you guys... Yes, uh, but his position was sort of the position, like, he, he was, was the West Coast, so mm -hmm. he was always remote. But I have met him before. Um, okay. gotcha. Cool. So, cool. yeah, it was just weird kind of thing, offhand meetings like that. But it's right. it's a combination of, like, joyous, exciting uh meetings and being able to be hands-on a lot of the uh things that i went and saw the lot of, a lot of demos that i played um it was a similar kind of story a lot of the developers had never really met each other or hadn't seen each other in oh, wow. a very very long time yeah. um and it was extra pressure because i was sort of for a lot of them one of the first people or literally the first person ever to have played this game that was not connected to the studio in any way. So they're like watching me like a hawk, like, oh, she went that way, why'd she go that way? <laughs> like writing notes. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, am I doing okay? <laughs> um, everyone was very complimentary uh, about playing and, and so Good. that was nice. But at the same time, you're like super aware that you're being watched for these reasons because they might not be able to have another situation where they have a, non-related person playing their game so to see how that works and then it's a lot of fun for me because i get to go and, and play a lot of games and um i have some things that i'm very excited about i have some things i can't talk about yet. i was just about to ask you can you mm -hmm. talk about any of your if so maybe not can you talk about any games and if you can't can you tell me what like your favorite conference out of this was because i feel like for the general public right gdc doesn't flash as much of a on is is as flashy right because like you said right. it is it is networking it is wisdom being shared like that kind of stuff but it's never like i feel like we never get like last of us part three trailer out of it yeah right? it's not the like video game candy land that each is presented yeah. as <laughs> right yeah so right it's not have... hugely news focused um yeah. my favorite talk was probably um Oh, I forgot his first name, but it is the creator of Wordle, whose last name is Wordle. Oh, Wordle. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. He just went through like all the things that he did, quote unquote, wrong, and like things you shouldn't do for game development that he did that ended up working out really well, like not mm -hmm. wanting to promote his game ended up actually being pretty cool because then it had this like word of mouth thing. Mm -hmm. um, wordle of mouth, wordle of mouth yeah <laughs> uh. um, and he talked about selling and kind of why he did that um because it was a huge deal that he did sell wordle to the new york times right. um and he, it was it kind of seemed like it came down to it was really stressful and it was a situation where he had made this game as sort of a fun thing for his partner and it was starting to become a business and he didn't want to run a business. So he was like, okay, that's what I wanted to get out of it. You go ahead and take it over. Yeah, I respect cool. that. Yeah, yeah, for real. Get out. And did he sail in on his yacht? Because he got paid pretty handsomely <laughs> for, for, yeah, for, for, that. for a thing that he just made for his partner. I didn't yeah. see the yacht, unfortunately. No. Okay. <laughs> um, some of the games that I enjoyed playing, I know I can talk about this because I believe my preview is up right now. Okay. Um, I played uh, Bugs Next, the Isle of Big Snacks uh, DLC, and that was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, for anybody who is a fan of Bugs Next, um, it's 
going to, I think you're going to be excited about, to play this. It's got a whole new adventure that's going to take maybe three to five hours to finish, but it's also got a lot of content that'll have you back in the main area with like searching for new, like bug snacks with hats, which is a really <laughs> cute idea. Um, so you have to find the bug snacks in the wild that are wearing hats and then you can put them on any bug snacks you want. As one um, does, yeah. As one does. And, you know, you have your own hut now, so you can, like, build it up and, and decorate it and help other people and complete requests, and you, they'll give you stuff to help build up your ultimate dream hut. Um, so it's just a lot of really... it's If you've played Bugsnacks, that's, you know, it's very in keeping with the tone. Um, I did play a couple of smaller indie things, um, which I believe I can talk about playing. I played uh, like Mail Time and Cat Cafe Manager, and both of those things, uh, the demos ran also in the time of the next fest, the last um, theme fest. Uh, and those were a lot of fun. And again, it's really cool to like be sitting there with the developers and to see them uh, excited about their game and talking about their experiences and uh, for a lot of things that I played hopefully you can uh, keep an eye on the magazine a lot of things are coming out soon cool. so um, yeah it's a very exciting time to be in games and I'm really glad I got to go yeah yeah sure. I'm, je I'm jealous I miss yeah. I miss conventions and stuff mm -hmm. I'm E3 2019 was my last one and hearing you talk about the thing of like that's usually the only time of year or that you get to see friends or people you interact yeah. with because yeah like i i miss that so i'm glad you got to experience that for sure yeah that's amazing <laughs> did they did they greet you as the imperator of of indies yes did they greet you as such Every, i if they didn't i required it yeah you wrote that on <laughs> your badge that had your name and outlet yeah you will refer <laughs> to me as my name um yeah so okay <laughs> cool um so stuff coming from on the websites uh stuff coming in the future from gdc uh be sure to look for jill's special appearance on the min max travel vlog uh i i was so happy to see you on that it was it was great um and uh yeah marcus and i will just hope one day our name is called as well so um we are going to take one last quick break and then get you to community emails we'll be right back Welcome back to the GI Show. It's been a great episode so far. We've learned a lot, you know. Uh, we've hung out, come closer as friends, you know, uh, and it's a good thing. I am stalling because I'm doing housekeeping this week, and I, <laughs> I am scared because Alex usually does it. And I, I, we'll see how this goes. So, He's been eaten by some sort of sheriff. Yeah, a pig. That's unfortunate. A, a, a big grass pig woman. Man. I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know what's in this game. Grass yeah. woman. <laughs> no, I, I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> um, we start housekeeping out with bad jokes but also uh new podcast reviews uh you know reviews help us more than you know over on apple podcasts they help us with the algorithm and and get us featured and stuff like that so the more we can get of those the better um you know be honest in your reviews if you're loving it five stars is great if you're not there's some good feedback there too as long as you're not like racist or an asshole or anything like that you know um but uh dude one two three one two three five four two eight try to trick me up there gave us a beautiful glowing five star review uh saying great show doesn't ramble um 
and dude says, I love listening to gaming podcasts to stay current with all the news, and these guys have a great balance of talking about the games, but not just rambling on different tangents that some other game podcasts do. Uh, I j- I'm just grateful these guys are providing content like this to listen to. Thank you for listening. Obviously, you didn't listen to last week's episode, so <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we could read and that And we apologize yeah. for this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So shout out. We really appreciate it. If you can take five minutes to give us a review, it helps us more than you know. So um, thank you. Um, weekly streams for the week. I apologize. We've been off on the Thursday ones. Uh, you know, we've had some some people taking time off like they need to right um so we're working out thursday streams but i think the plan is to do it another one today as you're listening but just know that uh usually on thursdays we stream some of the newest hottest games on twitch uh twitch.tv slash game informer go check that out friday super replay back in action star wars jedi fallen order marcus you have not completed that yet correct no we're pretty far i think so we fought a last thing we did was fought a big bat thing okay uh yeah you know, we've had to take weeks off because some of us have been either out of town or this year all the big games keep coming out on Fridays. I don't know why we've pivoted. Three at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, apologies to fans. I know it's been a little all over the place, but we are, for now, as far as I know, <laughs> for sure getting back to it. It'll be episode eight, I believe, yeah. is what we're up to now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. look forward for that. Are you, I can't remember the bat thing. Have you done Kashyyyk at this point? Yes. Okay. Did. I'm trying to think where else. Darth I don't Paul's know if I go world. back there or not, but we did the the big, you know, when they take you there for the first time and do the whole okay. rigmarole. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, yep, Ready. the fun will continue on Friday. I'm excited for that to come back, and I want the second game to come out. Um, or By the time we'll finish this, at this point, the next game will be out. <laughs> right. Um, notable YouTube videos for the week. Um, I published the Forspoken, the final Forspoken video that we're going to do for our coverage we did it, Jill. We, we got through. It. Yeah. Uh, Jill, myself, and K-Star Kim Wallace have been working on online content for that. I believe we have maybe one more written piece, but uh, as far as video goes, we have we have reached our end here. But if you missed it, beautiful 10-minute look at kind of expanding on all the gameplay and the traversal that we've been talking about over the last month. Uh, y'all's uh, support for that has been great. So uh, thank you for that. Thank you for watching that. But, uh, you know, we still have the playlist. Uh, up with all the stuff so if you missed any of the forespoken coverage gameinformer.com slash forespoken or go to the youtube page and we have it all nightly nicely aligned in our little um shell so um outside of that uh social plugs of course how could i forget this is how you can connect with us mostly on twitter i don't know if y'all are on instagram um or care about it but uh you can follow uh myself studnik76 over on twitter studnik76 uh, Mr. Van Aken is It's Van Aken. Uh, Jill Grote is Finn Ruin, and Marcus Stewart is Marcus Stewart Seven. Pretty simple. So, um, and with that, we just have oh, our podcast to uh, introduce here. Um, we are we we got the GI Podcast Network going. Now, let me tell you because we got the GI Show. We got video gameography hosted by one Marcus Stewart. Yeah, but, you guys but, should check it out. It's it's a great <laughs> show about video games and history with, with John Carson, my co-host. It's yeah, yeah. You you learn and you laugh. Who doesn't love that? Yeah, tune in today. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I not to not to brag or anything, but I did get invited on to talk about a certain uh, sequel to an iconic series that you'll just have to check out. You know, mm-hmm. is that this week? 
that this yes, week? that is this week. We uh, launched season four last week with Bioshock. So this week will be Bioshock two with you. Yeah, it was a fun time. I love coming on the the show and talking. So thank you for inviting me. I hope y'all enjoy the episode. Uh, all things Nintendo, uh, spearheaded by Brian Shea, one of the best Nintendo podcasts out there. Uh, definitely go check that out. And then from panel to podcast, Andrew Reiner uh, does a comic book podcast that he talks on basically anything nerd culture that has to relate with comic book. He reviewed the Batman movie a couple weeks ago. He's talked about Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. So if you're a game or movie fan too, there's a lot to love there. So and I believe that comes out on Tuesdays. Uh, that's kind of it for housekeeping back to you alex thank you alex now we move to listener emails that's right folks one of the best parts of the show this is where you write in to either game informer excuse me podcast at gameinformer.com or i know you can do it discord but alex is gone so i don't know how you get in i'm just kidding god i got you if you subscribe over uh, twitch twitch.tv slash game informer um you get automatically put into, or you should get put into our um, our uh, Discord, right? That's exclusive to our subscribers. You only have to subscribe once, but there's a ton of channels um, for movies, games. Um, you can talk to us um, game, game about the Game Informer show, about video gameography, the whole thing. It's a great time. Uh, you only need to subscribe once on Twitch for that. Uh, and I would encourage you to do so because it's a lot of fun. But then you can send in your questions like uh, our lovely listeners did this week. And I got a good crop for y'all. I also want to push this over because I need to stop talking because I feel like I'm just rambling. Um, Crater, <laughs> C Raider over on Discord says, how relieved are you that we don't have to talk about Breath of the Wild 2 versus Elden Ring game of the year discussions? Yeah. I've seen this take so much. Ooh. And my first thought is I'm already fighting for the first spot because it's Elden Ring versus Tunic. I am Throwing sorry. Throwing down. Throwing the gauntlet <laughs> down. Yeah. I am fighting hard for Tunic, so Breath of the Wild 2 would have been a, you know, a yeah. side note in that battle. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it is always hard when you have two very, or three in this case, uh, very exciting uh, video games that you really want to put at the top of things. The last a uh, time I can kind of remember this being really, really intense was for God of War versus Red Dead Redemption 2, mm -hmm. um, which we might have, you know, another uh, God of War this year. We still don't oh. know a lot about that, but uh, so that might still be up there. You know, Tunic's obviously going to be first, but, you know, Elden Ring might have competition there. Mm -hmm. So um, there were, you know, it's very nice not to have to um, have those two go against each other, but it's also really nice to ha not have to review everything in the, in the same year, right? Because <laughs> uh, that can get pretty wild. This these past few months of review season, with just banger after banger, is so fantastic as a, a game player because now I have so many things that I want to play. But it can be so tough as a reviewer and someone whose job it is to play these games because now I'm like, well, I've been spending so much time with Elden Ring. I still need to get into like. Is sounding fantastic. Uh, Tina, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is sounding fantastic. I'm I'm spoiled for choice, and I'm excited. So having great games is never a bad thing. Um, but 
I think what we really need to walk away from here, number one, walk away, tune in, <laughs> is winning this year. <laughs> wow. I really want Dan Tech. I sh- we should call him right now just, yeah. to, just to throw him that nah, news at him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> or it'll, it'll come in December. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Marcus, what do you think of this question? Uh, I'm a little bummed out. Not, not even just because I can't play it, obviously. But uh, I love hearing those debates like end of year discussion stuff is some of my favorite it's like my favorite time of year outside of maybe three stuff i love mm-hmm. our talks i love listening to podcasts like i love giant bombs end of year stuff i like min maxes to 10 stuff i just love hearing people reflect on the year and debate and pit games against each other and all those weird arguments that come out of that and i feel like having breath of the wild 2 and an elden ring go against like that's like you know, that's the unstoppable force versus the immovable object kind of thing, right? And so now that that's out of the way, I'm not saying that Elden Ring just, like, (laughs) may as well hand its trophy now, like a lot of people are claiming. (laughs) Again, I don't want to offend Jill. I love Tunic, too. Uh, Yeah, it does make it a little, just a little bit less interesting in those conversations. Like, man, because on paper for now, you would think that'd be the, seemingly the biggest thing that could knock it off again tunic i haven't finished it but sounds like it could be right up there with it so so yeah i i I kind of a little bummed that we won't get that that slugfest now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know it is what it is right yeah i uh i'd rather yeah um it i'm with you marcus it does bum me out because like you hear legends of the great de- like game of the year debates, right? And I feel like I haven't been a part of that a ton because there's been kind of some slam dunks in my time at GI, right? We were pretty, you know, unified on Last of Us and and Whoa, you know, uh, so. I was in the Hades camp. But I, I mean, think there was like a, a there was a decent contingent of us Hades. Oh, there was? Guy. How much of a debate was it though? Right? We well, didn't really get into the I I vividly remember saying my piece. And okay. I don't think you really got far. If I had been far. there, I would have been with you, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, but I remember I, I gave a passionate defense, but I also kind of knew. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was a thing where it's like, okay, yeah, fine. yeah. Um, Last of Us was my number two, by the way. I didn't. I love the game, but I just like Hades. More. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've gone back to Hades a couple of times now. The game's fantastic. Um, but but I there's there's been there's been legends of of days have gone by where it like like intense right i wasn't i wasn't necessarily sweating during our talks yeah. right and you, you I, didn't I, want to fight somebody right yeah. yeah um so and not that i want other people fighting that the other people <laughs> right but it's like there was a bit of tea there that i wanted you know um uh-huh. and i do feel like this we're headed to a year where it's like it's i mean it's elden ring right yeah like you don't want the conversation to be like one minute long we're like so it's elden ring right okay yeah right now now let's figure out who the dorks are which i love that that conversation too right? <laughs> um you know for me i think god of war is a serious contender of this i know there's the, a lot of our audience is souls people and they're laughing at me right now but like i think 28 and there's some people on staff who don't give god of war the love i think it deserves um uh maybe just one calm blake out but um I am excited to see where that series goes in, in yeah. and it's still, I think my most anticipated of this year still. Um, uh, so Alex, since you're one of the most powerful people in the industry right correct. now, yes. Um, is, is God of War hitting this year? Yes. Break I it hundred percent God of War is hitting this year. Uh, okay. We don't know almost anything about Sony's back end. That game has already been delayed. 
uh, out of its release year. I never thought it was coming last year. I always thought 2022 was going to be the date for this. Um, I think it makes sense for, especially for Sony who hasn't had last year. It didn't have PS five. Didn't have like a must play title, right? They kind of lost out to Microsoft with that, with um, when they did Halo and Forza and Psychonauts, right? Like, Microsoft kind of ate the lunch there a little bit, even though Sony's just fine. Jim Ryan's still smoking his cigars, seeing that PlayStations are sold out everywhere, right? Um, but there comes a point, right, where you do need to show out. And I think in a year where we already have Horizon, which is going to be a top five to ten game, right? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's been some bad with Gran Turismo, right? But there's also been some good. I We can't. I don't think we could go from now to next year without another big Sony tentpole game personally. So I think, I think God of War is hundred percent coming. I think it's going to be their fall game. Um, and really, hopefully there's more PS5s by then too, and really be a system seller for them. So yeah. We'll it's about time you used your power for good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nice right. Getting all the games delayed. Zelda, <laughs> Suicide Squad. Thanks yeah. for helping us out. You're going to hate me when you, I tell you what I did to Metroid Prime 4. But so, yeah, I think that game is is uh, coming out this year. I, I think they kind of have to unless they're that behind in in if COVID put them that behind in dev cycle. That's a different story. Right. But I feel like unless Sony has a secret game that they're going to unveil, which is possible. We thought that was going to happen yesterday. Shout out to the people uh, perpetrating that. But, um, but yeah, I think I think God of War comes out this year because there's just. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Like and I, I'm scared of that debate. Right, because I feel like Tack for years, right, has had this like, like Demon Souls is amazing. Like these From games are amazing, and the rest of the office is like, yeah, but like we didn't really get through them, right? So it's like they're not our games of the year. And now he finally has like the everyone loves Elden Ring. Like this is it. You know, it's like yeah, it it, it if it makes sense, then yeah, it should go. But it's just like even if it makes perfect sense, you still wish there was something like right. You wish the discussion was more interesting outside of like, yeah, we all know it's gonna win. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. and that's no slight on the game itself. Yeah. If you anything, want that... Tack to be sweating a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah. we want to spite Tack more than Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the livelihood of one man for thousands who made it. You know. <laughs> um, but it is. I do kind of get that way during like Oscar season two, where it's like, oh, this movie is going to be like this is the favorite. This is going to win. And it's like. There is a little part of me that gets like a little like toxic's not the right word, but it's like, yeah, but now I kind of hate it and I want something else. Yeah, like right? it's I mean, Elden Ring's getting that right. You keep hearing how, how rated it. You're yeah, like, okay, like, we get it. Yeah, right. It's a little it's <laughs> you resent it. Yeah, toxic American like culture. I don't know, maybe that's ever, but yeah. So we'll see. Um, you know, I was looking forward to the tussle a little bit, but uh I'm happy that uh we'll have some time to play some other games like i said open world games i'm starting to fatigue again again so um moving on to the next one savoy prime shout out uh over on discord says <laughs> who's the gi crew's favorite muppet oh oh it's uh it's gonzo oh no hands down there's a I... correct answer here it's beaker Oh, wow. Beaker is Beaker. It's hundred percent Beaker. All right, that's not okay. I didn't think about it. Yeah, yeah. You can't um, beat that. Dude yeah. doesn't say anything. It, well, no, 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 no. Actually, you know the real answer. It's Stotler and Wardorf. Oh, yep. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good one. Yep, that's, that's good. really good. Um, I mean, I, feel I mean, just like... the fact that you pulled their names out. 
yeah, of nowhere. Right? I'm like, congrats. We I'm just like cranky old dudes. Yeah, yeah, we technically do their job for games. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I channel yeah. them in every review I write. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, he killed so, him. Yeah. Just laughing heartily. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, those are all great answers. I feel like he's just a walking stereotype, but I love Swedish Chef. Oh, yeah. He's so good. Um, but I think we've missed the big one, and it's Fozzie Bear. Fozzie's yeah, one of the OGs. Fozzie. You know, Fozzie. Love I love Fozzie, but he's never been like my favorite. Oh, I love Fozzie. He's, he's like he's like third, fourth tier. I mean, okay. Gonzo, I Gonzo's endearing to me. He's so goofy. Gonzo is great, Rizzo man. the Rat. It's one of my oh, Rizzo's my great. favorites. Yeah. Rizzo and Gonzo he together yep. are the that's yeah. That's that's yeah. the duo that rivals Stoller and Wardoff. Like they need their own show. That's why that's why Muppets Christmas Carol is one of is the, best the best Christmas is the best. Is. We're just you throwing it out speaking. there. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, my mic was going haywire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love like that is one that's like every year for Christmas. It is always that is always in rotation. Can we get um, them on the show? Like Muppets play games. Yeah. We can ask Jeff Keeley how he does it. He he knows. Yeah. He, yeah. Right? He could be our in. Yeah. I heard him and Fozzie aren't talking as much anymore. Maybe a little falling. He didn't laugh at his joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he, he didn't walk a walk. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your, I, I guess, on the topic of Muppets? Do you have a favorite Muppet thing? Like, I never watched this, sh- like, the OG show growing up, but like Christmas Carol, obviously, we watched a lot and like Muppets Treasure Island and that kind of stuff. Either uh, yeah. And like yeah. Baby Muppets. Yeah, I Muppet enjoyed Babies, that. I was really, yeah. I love the Muppet show because it did air in the early 90s. People remember that, so that's how I was exposed to it. Got so it. I, I did watch a fair bit of it. Uh you know, I the the new Muppets movie, the 2011 one, mm-hmm. is really good with Jason Siegel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that one's really the second one. Not as much. It's fun. It's not as like heartwarming as that first one. Like the whole like because it's kind of addressed like, hey, they're not as relevant anymore, and this is kind of where they all are now. And now we're band back together like this original muppet character being like i grew up with these guys let's get them back and do like one more muppet show it's actually really sweet yeah and as a person that grew up with the muppets it hit me in a way where i was like i didn't realize how much i missed the muppets until i watched this movie yeah <laughs> so i recommend if people have not seen i think it's just called the muppets <clears throat> from 2011 but okay it's, yeah. it's really cool i like that movie for sure i uh one of my favorite twitter accounts i follow now is muppets history and i saw a clip of like kermit like almost cussing out cookie monster at one yes, point like, that's such a good so moment incredible. no it's not a cookie <laughs> <laughs> i love that moment too uh i like the moments in the muppets where there's just like unabashed um love between them so there's just a moment where he's like you know very handsome frog yeah. a very loving frog and then yeah. like one of the moments in um Christmas Carol that I really enjoy is Gonzo's upset with Rizzo for some reason or other, and Rizzo just kisses him. <laughs> and I'm like, this is such a charming thing, and we don't, I don't feel like we see a lot of like genuine just love between characters. Yeah, yeah, it always we has to be more. a joke at the end or a punchline, <laughs> right? Yeah, like it's yeah. like just give me unironic affection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about the the Rizzo kiss. Yeah. Oh my god, like Gonzo. Was... I'm trying to do a Rizzo voice. Hey man, he's got like a little like weird uh, like, like a jersey, answer, right? Yeah, jersey, jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, can you give me? Do you do either of you have a good Muppets impression? 
Oh man. No. Yeah, uh, this is hard. No. I, I feel like I can kinda do Kermit, Kermit the Frog here. My <laughs> only <laughs> That's much I can do. Like my only trigger for Kermit is him introducing. She's like, welcome to the Muppet Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel like everyone's got a kermit like it's not easy being green it's not hosting not easy hosting a show but here we are and yeah. maybe that's, more that's pretty Romano. good you kind of like good. the, the yeah. bass in there a little bit yeah yeah, yeah a little bit yeah miss um, piggy you know like yeah. mm, kermy oh. i can only do like that you know Kermie! how you like, you, yeah. <laughs> the founder of the feast indeed <laughs> uh, how wow. chokes yeah <laughs> <laughs> me, me, Yo, me. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, now I just want to watch the Muppets. We've gone off the cool. rails here. This is supposed <laughs> yeah. to be a video game podcast. Yeah. Remember, remember how the, the review said doesn't <laughs> no ramble? rambling. No. Yeah. Sorry. The Muppets does this. Okay. Everyone, the Muppets get a pass from everyone. Yeah, them. absolutely. Correct. Yeah, if if you don't love the Muppets, you either haven't watched them or you need therapy or something. That's not <laughs> great, you know? So, uh, last question, and then we'll get us out of here. This is a long episode. Um, this comes from a fire outside on Discord, and they say, uh, in honor of the collegiate basketball tournament nearing its end and the Cinderella story, Saint Peter's being knocked out of it. Here's my question: What's your person personal favorite Cinderella story game? If you're not familiar with the term, what game were you not expecting to play or enjoy? And it has completely surprised you in a good way. It's a great question. I think uh, I don't know if I have a particular game, but just in general, I, that's sort of why I love indies because mm -hmm. it is one of those things where it's like, you know, the, the, the team of this very small team of developers having a dream and a vision and getting together in their mom's basement and then suddenly rocketing to success. Um, and I did speak a little bit about that topic and what happens after that success. If you're not, you know, a big company prepared for that in a uh, earlier Game Informer issue. And I think it also went online and it was called the aftermath of success. Oh, cool. Um, and I did talk to um, Red Hook, and I talked to um, Stardew Valley creator um, and Valheim creators um, about that topic. So it's one of those things that I really enjoy, and I just am such a sucker for that storyline. Mm -hmm. um, and so many indies follow that. So yeah. that's cool. my answer. That's a good one. Marcus, how about you? <clears throat> Man, this is a weird question. I think that... Uh... I think Near Automata maybe might be that because mm. that was a game I completely just took a chance on. I didn't play the original Near, and again, going back to earlier about the benefit of demos, I downloaded the demo that they put out <laughs> and dug it just because of the combat. I love like stylish action, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I didn't know it was one of these. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And then bought it day one. Just again, just like let's just try this. I'm not familiar with this series. And then it wound up being one of my favorite games of the year and of that generation. And and it's not like it is a very flawed game in some like design aspects. Like there's, if you look at individual elements of the game, there it lacks like polish. But mm -hmm. it's more about like how everything comes together, and then also that just that narrative more than anything mm -hmm. put me through it in the weird, really bold design choices of how they tell that story. Yeah, it was like I didn't expect any of this, right. <laughs> and this is like this weird game that's got a lot of rough edges. But it's it's I'm I think about it more than other games because remember it came out in 2017, which was a stacked year. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and oh it was my like God, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was in my top five personally. 
even then by the end of it so cool yeah maybe that's the one off the top of my head that's a good one i uh, i think i have two for this one and it, it's a similar theme of embracing genres that i'm usually not a fan of um and one is um pokemon unite uh especially when i when they first i remember we were live on stream um and they announced it when we were expecting something else like gen whatever you know uh, update or something like that and i was just like what what like what a pokemon moba like absolutely not i want nothing to do with this and i logged a good amount of like for two weeks i played it every night like and i really enjoyed it i thought it was a really good not in a dismissive way but like baby's first moba right kind of learning the the three route system right and, and enjoying that and i really i think that's a genuinely great game yeah did you um, consider starting an esports team <laughs> i did and then reiner shut it down like, <laughs> <laughs> um and then the other one too a similar thing where uh um when gears tactics was announced i was not i guess annoyed is too strong but i was like okay that's something i'm never gonna play right because i'm not a like i love gears i want more gears um but a tactics version of that was not something i was like clamoring for right um but then actually getting to play it i was like oh not only is this a good gears game this is a good tactics game and something that i feel like it it, once again right it it was something where it it felt easy to pick up and understand you know it got progressively harder as the game went on but i was like oh this is it's a lot more fun than i was giving it credit for and i think those studios did a really awesome job with the established lore and and that kind of stuff and and tying it in interesting ways and it's just a good game man you should check it out it's on game pass so yeah i need to i'm glad you said i forgot about that game and i played it around launch and it loved it i was excited by the concept that i liked it it was better than i thought it had any right to be (laughs) and i do like (laughs) turn-based strategy and gears i was like wow these mesh better than i thought it would yeah and i never finished it just because other games started coming out i should really go back to that yeah it's time for gears and i'm i'm kind of itching for you know what's next in that series yeah. but that's that's apropos of nothing so um cool another great show folks i always look forward to wednesdays because we get to record with lovely people like yourselves uh we we hope alex is doing better in in his his time of crisis here but um <laughs> thank you so much for watching for listening uh your support means the world to us um whether that's on spotify apple youtube doesn't matter we appreciate you listening and watching and engaging with us because this is some of the most fun we have all week so um Sure, like, share, and subscribe, like you know. Uh, next week uh, could be a very fun one. I We may have a guest on that I'm trying to lock in right now. So either, or maybe it's two weeks from now. In the next two to three weeks, we have a, a special guest, something a little different for the show coming up. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. So looking forward to it. Uh, thank you both for joining me, uh, Jill and Marcus. Uh, thank you for listening. Be good to one another, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.